Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reckless speculation from the TCL broadcast studios. You're listening to Mackie and Judd, TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. All right, Mackie and Judd in the TCL broadcast studios. Mackie out today. He will be in tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be a big day for us here at uh, 1500. As of tomorrow morning, we will no longer be 1500 ESPN. We will now be Score North Sports. Yes. And Matthew Collar, before you go watch the Gopher basketball team play, describe what your role will be starting at noon tomorrow. Well, I scored myself no, please, a show. Please, for all the love of God. Wow. No. No, seriously, don't do it. Frequent I can't. Frequent puns with Matthew Collar from 2 to 4. And that's day. a preview. Oh, Zogad's going to jump from the fourth floor. <laughs> that's your next uh, athlete challenge. <laughs> jump off the building. He just broke both legs. No big deal. Um, yes. So starting tomorrow, we will begin our new relaunched radio station, Score North, um, at noon with the Purple Daily Show. Myself and Courtney Cronin will be hosting that for the first Two hours. It'll be all football talk. Adam Thielen is going to join us at 12.15. We will have Sage Rosenfels at 1.30 for that. And then it will be Score North Live with me, uh, Matthew Collar, at uh, 2 o'clock from 2 to 4. And a couple of, uh, working on a couple of guests. Danielle Robinson will join us. Also, Danny Cunningham. We're going to talk a lot of basketball tomorrow. Nice. So I get to spread my wings and talk hoops, Judd. And you love hoops. I do love hoops. I can't wait. I, ho- I hope can't you talk wait. a little. I hope you talk a little puck as well eventually. Yeah, uh, on Friday, Greg Wyshynski for me. Oh, I love now. Greg. He's yep. great. Yep, he's going to okay. join us, and I've gotten that question from a few people. Yes, we will be uh, talking a good amount of hockey. So, congratulations. Thank you, Matthew Collar, making uh, his debut at but least for his show at two o'clock tomorrow. And football. then, yes, always. Purple Daily, two hours of football. Two tomorrow. hours of football. And you know what? Once again, the Vikings. You owe the Vikings a thank you note. Because the Vikings now have given the first edition of Purple yes, Daily. that's true. Gary Kubiak and his kid are in town. It's great. All right, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Have fun. And now joining the show, Rami Makhlov, who will uh, be joining what will be starting at 4 o'clock tomorrow, 4 to 6 weekdays, right here on what's going to be um, Score North. The Mackie and Judd Show with Rami. Rami, yes, sir. welcome to the world of Vikings I would say dysfunction, yeah. but at least it's not dysfunction right now. Welcome to the world of Vikings intrigue, because <laughs> as that- I told you off the air, it is never going to end, and it's glorious for those of us who do what we do. I got here a week ago. I've, I've, I've popped on the air with you guys a couple times. I've just been hanging out behind the scenes, get a feel for 
how how we work here at, at 1500 and already the Vikings in in the seven days that I've been in Minnesota have given us so much material and so much content. I want to thank the Minnesota Vikings right off the bat in my first and you should. in my first you segment here at 1500 on the Mackey and Judge show. Because the Packers are big in Wisconsin where yeah. you come from. Right. And the Packers are incredibly important. But I don't feel like, and this might have changed in the last couple of years, I don't feel like the Packers have ever been a, a bastion of dysfunction. They seem pretty boring lots of times. Now they're good. Right. But because they're good, you don't get a lot of, you don't get a lot of, they just did what? Yeah, they, these, they hired whom? These last two seasons have have been there has been plenty of dysfunction around the Green Bay Packers, and that's why Mike McCarthy is out and and they hired a new GM last offseason. There has been plenty of dysfunction for the last couple of years, so I've been I've been getting primed for this move to fifteen hundred yes. for the last couple well, of years covering the Packers, Judd. Yeah, but, but where el- where else do you get an offensive coordinator hired on Friday and you're like, okay, he's going to call the plays? It's all set. Thirty six year old Kevin Stefanski set in stone. And then on Monday, they turn around and hire a guy who's been an OC for years and years, a former quarterback, and has been a head coach, including winning a Super Bowl with the Broncos. That's what's great here is you never see it coming. I was sitting in, in, in the other studio there with Manny and Jonathan, headphones on, listening to the show, and listening intently. And I thought I heard you say that the Vikings were talking to Gary Kubiak about an offensive assistant role. And and it came and passed, and I was like, did I... Did I just hear that right? Because they just hired an offensive coordinator. Did I? Did I? Did I miss something? Did something go awry you with Stefanski when they hired the contract? Because no. they just got an offensive coordinator. Why on the world do you need an offensive assistant now? And like you pointed out, a very accomplished offensive assistant, a guy who won a Super Bowl as a head coach after working his way up through the ranks as an offensive mind in the NFL. So. I guess my biggest question is now that the more thought I give this entire situation is what was that conversation with Stefanski like? Hey, we gave you the job. Congratulations. It's fantastic. And oh, by the way, we are hiring a a sort of senior advisor mentor who has been around forever, who is got but no threat to you. Now, in my mind, not having been here for the the, the decades that you've been here covering the Vikings, Judd, and, and, and the rest of the guys here on the staff, my first thought is, well, of course they ran this by Stefanski. Of course they of course they told him when they hired him that they might bring in a Gary Kubiak or somebody like that to be an offensive assistant, but listening to you and Collar, it sounds like you're assuming the opposite, that that did not happen because of the way that the Vikings operate. I don't know that he would have... I'm guessing that he had a few opportunities to leave. His contract was up. Right. I don't know that he signs a two-year contract if you say that you are going to hire a senior consultant behind him. Right. Gary Kubiak's going to yeah. be looking over your shoulder. I don't know about that. Possibility, but I, I don't know about that. I wouldn't take the job if I was him, and if I had other options. You know, sometimes you see a guy in in professional sports, a coach, a GM, or, or somebody like that, and they get a job, and they end up in a situation that isn't ideal, but you go, well, there's 30 of those jobs. There's 32 of those jobs in the whole world. Even if it's not perfect, you take that job. Stefanski sounds like had options Yes, when he accepted the offensive coordinator position for the Vikings. It sounded like he had options. So for it to not be an ideal situation, for Gary Kubiak to be looking over his shoulder, I can't imagine that that's a situation that he he gave the thumbs up to right off the bat with no hesitation. Kevin, are you sure about that play? 
I mean, that, are you sure you want to run that play? See, that's that's my thing. It's just too, Gary is, here. Don't worry about you me. You know, I want a Super Bowl, right? See, that's my thing too. Is what happens now if the Vikings? Because the Vikings are going to have probably have a game or two where they're bad on offense. They might go eleven and five, twelve and four, have a great season, and all that stuff. But they're going to have one or two games where the offense just doesn't click the way it normally yeah. does. And if you're Kevin Stefanski and that happens, are you going to be like really looking over your shoulder now? Like, oh my God, what's going to happen here now? And Is you, Zim going to chew me out? You don't have to look too far to see this not working and, and go right back to the place where I just was in, in Wisconsin. That offense was a well-oiled machine for many years. Then a few years ago, after the debacle in the NFC Championship, Mike McCarthy says, I have to step back and be more of a well-rounded coach. I'm going to hand over offensive play-calling duties to Tom Clements, the offensive coordinator. I remember that, yeah. And that's really where things started to go bad, and then McCarthy tried to reassert himself as the play-caller on the offensive side of things. Then he started adding in, okay, I got this offensive assistant, I got I got a quarterback's coach, I got a, a passing game coordinator, I have a run game coordinator. There were literally people who didn't even know what Edgar Bennett's role was on that coaching staff. People who cover this team, who know this team, who know the inner workings of this team, who didn't know what Edgar Bennett was doing there or why he was there. And it got to a point where there were just too many cooks in the kitchen and that sabotaged Aaron Rodgers, of all people. What do you think it's going to do to Kirk Cousins? Well, I, I think what they're doing, though, is is they're trying to do the opposite here. My guess is Stefanski is going to oversee the offense and, and add his touches here and there and probably be the chief play caller on game day. But I think the Kubiaks, Clint and Gary, are being brought in to be Kirk's handlers. And it's, it's funny. And that's just That's a total guess, but... You know, if you look at Kubiak's history, he is very much a guy who who he played QB back up to uh, Elway for years and years, went to Super Bowls, lost them as the backup, um, quarterbacks coach, OC head coach, but he's always surrounded himself or done a pretty good job with quarterbacks. So I think what they're doing here is very much bringing in. They're saying, "Oh my God, we paid Cousins all of this cash for three years. We've seen a year of Kirk." And he's not a complete train wreck, right. but he's not what we thought. Right. What can we possibly do to get the most from Kirk Cousins? And it could work. It very well could work. It's It would be unfair of us to sit here and say the day that Kubiak was hired that this is going to be a complete mess. But it's it's so ironic that you look at this and you know how when a, there's a sequel to a movie and it's obviously just the same formula as, as the first movie, this is literally the Dorf Turner thing I know, yeah. all over again. Like, right. roll for roll. They just changed the names. They You're just right. they took they took a couple characters, replaced them with different characters, and changed the name and put in the same storyline. And it, it could play out completely differently, but we feel like we've seen this movie before with the Turner family coming in to work with Mike Zimmer and, and it not working out so well. I think what we we're, we're seeing from the Vikings and more and more around this league now, too, is the acknowledgement that, that head coaches as we knew them are done. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay, I don't think, has a thing to do with Rams defense. He can lead men, right. but he is the offensive coach. Right. And I think what we're seeing here is the acknowledgement that Zim is not going to be involved offensively pretty much at all, that he's going to lead the team, he's in charge of speeches and all that good stuff, but most importantly, he's in charge of defense, and then Stefanski and the Kubiaks run offense, and it's a, 
The title of head coach really should change to I'm head coach defense, your head coach offense. I've for a long time wondered, and it's one of those it's one of those questions that you think of and it seems so stupid you never ask it out loud. <laughs> you ever have any of those, Judd? Oh, okay. Uh, no, you know what? No, because <laughs> okay. I, I ordinarily blurt them out. Oh, you just blurt them out. But they're stupid. You have no filter. But I've I've Try not to. I've long wondered, like from as long as I can remember watching football, if if it would actually work to have Assistant head co-head coaches, one in charge of offense and one in charge of defense, because those two worlds are so different. There's there's nobody who really does both well. Bill Belichick is probably the closest to it. He actually does sit down and meet with Tom Brady throughout the week and give his input but he's on, on an offensive game plan. Yeah. Right, but don't compare anybody to Correct. Belichick. That's just not fair. Yep. So I, just, I don't think that there's a coach in this world who can really master both sides of the football. So it always ends up turning into that essentially anyways. You either hire an offensive-minded guy and he brings in a defensive yes. coordinator or you hire a defensive-minded guy and he brings in an offensive coordinator. I don't know if it would ever work, Judd, I'd like to see somebody go outside the box and try it, though. Hire co-head coaches, one in charge of offense, one in charge of defense. I think professional athletes in general need one voice. One voice. Right. But outside of that, yes. Once once you're done saying the media doesn't believe in us. Right. The fans don't believe in us. We're going to go show them. And players, you know, because they're, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll go show them. Yeah. And now go meet with your offensive staff or defensive staff. I think that it's entirely plausible then to have two guys coach a team. Because And I think we're seeing that now. Wade Phillips coaches the Rams defense. Like, yeah. like he's not just right. the coordinator. Yeah. Those are just his guys. And look in Chicago. You had yep. Nagy, he was running the offense, and Absolutely. kept Fangio around to run the defense. And that's really what... Made- and the offensive guy runs what, essentially? One position. Quarterback. quarterback. Right. Yeah. That's all there is to it. And, and that was... Wasn't that originally going to be the plan in Denver, too, when Fangio got fired, or not fired, when he got hired to be the head coach? Yes. They were going to bring in Kubiak to basically be head coach offense. Right, yes. And then that whole thing sort of fell through, and now here we are with Kubiak But you're right here. That, that's exactly it. Yeah. You just need you need somebody to stand up in front of the entire team and say, nobody believed in you, and I do. Now go to it. And they're like, yes, that's great. That's fantastic. Right. Now what? take a break come back after this tcl broadcast studios live from the tcl broadcast studios mackie and judd are back okay then on 1500 espn all right quick check on traffic here it's brought to you by the the, uh, leukemia and lymphoma society and uh well two hours ago had no real crashes to tell you about now i got a bunch to tell you about i'll I'll give you three right now 94 eastbound we got a crash between third avenue and uh highway 65 in minneapolis causing about a seven minute delay there 62 eastbound in richfield between bloomington and uh, bloomington avenue and uh, Cedar Avenue. That's causing about a six-minute delay there. And 169 southbound near Edina between 494 and Anderson Lakes Parkway. That's causing about a three-minute delay. So uh, crashes are starting to pile up a little bit. You people got to be careful out there. Don't tell them anymore. It's hopeless, man. <laughs> I know. I'm tired of... At this point, I'm tired of telling them to be careful. They should just... Listen to me, damn it. Exactly right. TCL Broadcast Studios, 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd's the show. Phil, not on the show today. Do not forget, tomorrow we become the all-new Score North on 1500. That is S-K-O-R North on 1500. And now you're asking yourself, okay, Judd, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) What it means is starting at noon and tomorrow, actually from noon to two, Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin will host a show called Purple Daily. 
That's going to be on every day from noon to one, Purple Daily, a Viking show. That will uh, be followed several times during the week from one to two by either a Score North Twin Show or Score North Wolves Show. And then from 2 to 4 p.m. tomorrow, the debut of Score North Live with Matthew Collar. And then from 4 to 6, the Mackie and Judge show with Rami on Score North as well. And then 6 to 7, we'll also have local programming. So uh, we will be local between noon and 7. Rami Maklov, who has just joined the station from uh, the uh, fan in Milwaukee and will join our show, is in studio with me now. What are you most looking forward to after doing... uh, Covering sports, I should say, mm-hmm. in Milwaukee and Wisconsin for a long time. And obviously being around the Brewers, the Bucks, the Packers. What most intrigues you about the transition from the Milwaukee-Wisconsin market to this one? Probably the Minnesota Twins. And first of all, I'm just a baseball junkie. Some of my earliest memories literally are sitting on our living room floor and watching the Cubs. And, and th- you're a Chicago yeah. guy, to to be clear. Yes. So you do not come in as a Packer fan. No, I'm not a Packers we, we need fan. To, we're going to need to make that clear for about two months. It's not that bad. I'm a Bears fan, not a Packers fan. That's not as bad, though. No, not nearly as bad. So ba- baseball and, and covering the Twins is, is what I'm most looking forward to here because, A, I'm just a baseball junkie. B... We got a chance to go to Target Field the other day for a meeting with some muckety mucks. That is just a, and I've heard before, that is just a beautiful ballpark. ballpark. And I can't wait to get out there and enjoy some sunshine and some beer and some hot dogs and especially some baseball. C, I've never covered or really even watched an American League baseball team before. So it's, it's going to be kind of like a, a new sport to me. The DH, I'm not a fan of it, but. It's going to be something new and something for me to learn. And, God and, bless and, you. And a different, God bless you, son. God bless you. <laughs> Matthew loves it, so watch a, out. A different wrinkle in the game than I've ever covered before, and, and I'm all for learning and, and growing. And, and so I look forward to watching more American League baseball and, and seeing how much different it is strategy-wise from the baseball I've been watching and covering for so long. But D, and I said this to you off, off, the, uh, off the air, behind the scenes, Judd, I got a good feeling about this Twins team this year. I have a good feeling. Why do you about the Minnesota Twins? Because a they play in a terrible division. We'll see if Manny Machado lands with the White Sox. They just offered him an eight-year deal. That changes things completely because that's a team that has been rebuilding from the ground up for th- about three years now and is just loaded with up-and-coming studs. I like them. So if you add Manny Machado to that, they may enter into the the discussion of contention a lot earlier than than anybody thought. And, it, and that probably puts them ahead of the Twins and, and right there with the Indians as the cream of the crop in, in the AL Central. But if that doesn't happen, I think that the Twins took a step back last year because, and I'm not telling anybody anything new here, some regression from from a couple of their younger players, Sano and, and Byron Buxton. And watching the Cubs and being a Cubs fan – Something that Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein say all the time is that progress isn't linear. And, and so when when you have these guys in their early to mid-20s and they take a step back, they have a season that's not quite as strong as they did the year before, the instinct of, of the baseball fan is to go, well, that guy was a fluke. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And throw your hands up in the air and and almost give up on them. Those guys are way too talented to not spike back up in terms of their production. We saw a tick down last year. I think you see a big spike up this year. I love the signing of Nelson Cruz. I think this team is is 
pretty well stocked. Again, if the division stays status quo and Manny Machado isn't a White Sox next year, I think this division is up for grabs, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Twins were right there for it for much of the season. Help me out here on baseball. All right. I'm 49. Mm-hmm. I grew up, it was it was my favorite sport growing up. Um, I still love to go to games, and you're right, Target Field's gorgeous. It's a great ballpark. All of that being said, I get bored now. The In game, the offseason? No, well, that too. Oh, during the game. But during games. The yeah. games take far too long. What is, as a baseball fan yourself, what do you think can be done here to help this game? I, I just believe to keep fans around. Yeah. Because the product in football, basketball, and hockey to me has never been better. The on the on the mm-hmm. court ice or field product. Mm-hmm. In baseball, I feel like they're tempting you to check out. Which I absolutely hate because I do think at its purest form, it's a fantastic sport. I it doesn't bother me. The length of games doesn't bother me, Why? but I know it does others. Because to me, that's always just been baseball. It's not... But not three hours? I know. Well, they've always been around three hours. But not... I mean, with with the last few years and, and the change in, in the way the game has been played, now we're talking about three hours, 20 minutes, three and a half hours regularly. And that's... I understand why that alienates some people. I understand why you get bored. So even though it doesn't apply to me, I think that that is a problem. So that you don't baseball, get bored? I don't. I really don't wow. get bored. Okay. Because every pitch, to me, every pitch, the strategy and what you do next changes. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, playing, the, I'm playing the chess match right along with the managers as I watch the game. And that never gets boring to me personally. But I understand that it does to others. And so something needs to be done about it. But I don't think that you can change it so much that now you alienate the purists and the people who are already part of your fan base. So there, there's a fine line to walk. I don't like all the, the, the changes that have been proposed as far as rules, except I do think there should be a pitch clock. I think we will see one. In I fact, would love to see a pitch fact, clock. In fact, I've heard from pretty informed people that there's a very good chance that in the next few weeks a pitch clock will be put in for the 2019 season because... Manfred can do that without approval. And I don't know why I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, every other every other sport has a clock that limits the time in between plays. And last year we went completely backwards. Right. Like we went from okay guys, I can't step out and they didn't care about last year. It doesn't take it doesn't take 30 seconds to figure out what pitch you're going to throw next and throw it. And if you're a batter, there's no need to step out of the box no. for 30 seconds and wait for the next pitch. It's just pointless. It's it's gamesmanship that really it doesn't work. It's guys being just quirky and weird. And, well, and at bats are so long now, too, with, without without that. Right, because everything is a strikeout or a home run. Yeah, because guys work counts now, and it never ends. And because of launch angle and analytics and everything else <sighs> yeah. that, that's worked its way into the game, nobody wants to hit a ground ball anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, phone call from Jeff, who wants to talk about the Gary Kubiak hiring as a Vikings offensive consultant. Hello, Jeff in Texas. Hi, guys. So the... Uh, I think this Kubiak thing, it's different than the Narv Turner, uh, Soprano thing where like, it was like all high level, high powered ex head coaches all coming together. And then there was conflict. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work. Okay. I'm going to jump quick to the baseball thing. Yeah. I'm 55. I don't mind the length of games when I the, on the rare occasions when when the Twins come to visit the Rangers, I'm there. Mm-hmm. I like I like sitting in the stands. I don't care how long it takes on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon, and and watching it. They can shorten it by 
the in between innings, like one minute in between innings, <laughs> and now Fox Sports and other and other TV put the game up on the left and show your little commercial for the for the Infinity GX five X over on the right, but don't take two three minutes in between innings. It doesn't take that long for players to get in and out. All right, so. Jeff. Thanks. Yeah, if you could. If you could cut it into commercial time, which I think they did a little they bit did. last year. I think year, they took 30 seconds out of it. But yeah, you could fix your problems by leaps and bounds that way. Right, but then but, you're eating into the money. Yes. Right. And those, Steve, and those regional networks now carry the freight. Like, yeah. they pay you so much money. And if you think about it, let's say they cut out another minute in 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 between in between innings, Judd. And this is the problem that I have with a lot of these proposals. It's really not saving a lot of time. Let's say you take out a minute in between innings. You're shaving nine minutes off of it. Is nine minutes? I want re- every minute off I can get. Re- I want the youth of America to love baseball. But is nine Rami. minutes going to draw in the youth of America? Nine, it nine- will if it it will if it's if that's nine and now I can get eight more here or there with with a, a pitch clock. I, I want to get as much time out of this game as possible because if I'm a kid today, I look at this sport and I'm saying I'm not watching that with my old man. The change that they made last year of not having to throw four pitches for intentional walks it literally saved like eleven seconds a game when a you average out. it out. That, that doesn't was... it doesn't do anything. See, see, my whole thing is it's. it's it's never for me. It's never been about the length of games because I'll watch a fourteen inning game that goes four and a half, five hours. Sure, if it's if it's good and compelling. The problem is, is for me, it's more about the pace of games. Oh, sure. Yeah. So for me, it's like I don't care if, if a game is three and a half hours. It's three and a half hours. But if that game was moving along. And the pace of it was really good to keep me engaged and interested but, in it. That's that's what I'm looking for. But I feel like we're talking about us, and and what I'm concerned about for the health of this sport is younger people who like sports that go quicker. They just want quicker games. That's so, what I mean so with like, like the I pace love, thing. I yeah. love baseball. I'll put up with baseball's faults. I love it too much not to. But I think the generations below me are are saying, well, soccer takes two hours to play, and then it's just done. Um, Basketball is more exciting. It's it's shorter. And so what I'm focused on here is trying to get the pace of play and the time of game down, not just for me, but for how do we attract young people to actually like the sport, to sit there and, you know, keep score of, of a game. Like right now, you just lose track at some point, I think. What is what is the max that, that this younger generation you're talking about is going to sit and watch a game for? Any any sort of sport. What what two something two two and a half hours probably two and a half. Yeah. Can you do I'd enough? Can you do enough to baseball without without completely changing the game and making it unrecognizable to get it to condense it down to that to a two two and a half hour. I'd game. rather save it and, and have it be not as recognizable to us than have it just start to die completely. How how am I the the old guy not willing to change in this room, Judd? That's a very good question. I don't know. I think it's because I just look at young people and I know that their attention span, and I watch these games, and they're painful. Watching every count. Yeah, I, I will it say. It used to be a Yankees-Red Sox thing. I will say. The one thing affecting my enjoyment of the game, if there's one thing of today's baseball that's affecting my enjoyment of it, is the home run or strikeout style yes. that, that the game has become. Yes. There's less balls in play, and that makes it a little bit less entertaining for me. But if you try to take that out of the game, now you're essentially telling players and managers how to strategize and how to play, and that's a dangerous road to go down, in my opinion. TCL Broadcast Studios will take a break. When we come back, you've got questions for Rami, and guess what? He's got answers. 
Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN. It's now, back to Mackie and Judd. Hello, boys. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. So what do you think? <laughs> it's pretty cool, I guess. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't forget, as of tomorrow, 1500 ESPN, tomorrow around noon, actually will become uh, the all-new Score North on 1500. That will be the radio station, but we will also have a a website. We'll have multiple platforms, scorenorth.com, Score North Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the Score North mobile app. Rami, we will be everywhere. As of tomorrow. Everywhere you be want ev- to be. Exactly like right. the old American Express is. And more. Yes. And more. Right. I'm just, I'm tip of the iceberg stuff there. Uh, before we wrap with Royce, J- uh, Jonathan Harrison has been fielding some questions for you. There are some, basically, you're new. Yes. You've been in Wisconsin. You're a Chicago guy. Right. And so, Jonathan... Fire away for questions for Rami. Ask Rami anything that you possibly anything. can think of. Anything. Anything. It doesn't anything. have to be it's sports like the related. Old ask Tom. And here's one thing you learn about me is that I am far more honest, open, and transparent on the air than I am in my day-to-day life. I don't know why these mics go on, my filter goes off, and I tell people things about myself I should never tell people about myself. And your myself. wife's like, why the hell did you say that? <laughs> exactly. I've had that conversation I've heard that one before. a number did of times. Did you really say that? Yeah, I did. Yep. What do we have, Jonathan? All right, so the first one, we it kind of goes along with the topic you guys were just discussing. Would you rather go to a soccer match or a NASCAR race? Um, those are probably at the bottom of my totem pole. All right, in well, terms that hurts. Of one of them anyways. That I Jonathan would Harrison would have fired you if he could have right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say <laughs> I'd, I'd rather go to the... Uh, easy. There's more action in a NASCAR race than a oh, soccer match, isn't there, Judd? Wouldn't you say? I'd say that, I'd but much rather the atmosphere is much better than I, I a soccer would, match. I would much prefer soccer, myself, personally. You would? Yes. I think I'm picking but NASCAR. I'm not a NASCAR guy. I think, I'm not either. I've never been to one. I'm, I just don't care. I'm neither a NASCAR guy or a soccer guy, but I think I'm going NASCAR on this one just on the action. Is it wrong if I say just on the possibility there might be a crash and flames and things that'll entertain me? I think I care. All right. No. That's, no. that's all. That's all. That's the only reason why I'd rather go to a NASCAR race. All right. Danny in Uptown wants to know, what was your favorite moment in the history of the Bradley Center? In the history of the Bradley Center. Danny in Uptown. (laughs) Danny in Uptown's drunk already. It's 540. (laughs) All those mixed drinks he has on the weekends. Tito's. Tito's right, man. Taking it to Monday. I guess if I'm really answering that question, I went to the uh, Bucks-Bulls playoff game about three years ago that nice. ended on the Jared Dudley winning shot, winning layup on the at the last second. It was a missed shot. He grabbed it, put it right back in. And I'm a Bulls fan, so that hurt a little bit. But the atmosphere in that building, because so many Bulls fans come up to the Bradley Center, or what was once the Bradley Center, yep. for those games, that it, every, every play, no matter who it favored and who it went against, there were pe- the crowd was going wild. And the atmosphere in that place was insane. And walking out... Bucks fans were chanting Bucks in six, which was <laughs> funny to me at the time because they really had no chance of winning that series. Interesting. Yeah. Is that so, it, Jonathan? Uh, no, we got a couple more. Okay, good. Keep Jake going. wants to stick with the basketball here. Who is your favorite Lynx player? I don't have one. Okay. How can you have one at this point? <laughs> been in Milwaukee. Give him, a, cut him some slack here. What steps are taken by Rami to produce such a luscious head of hair? I do have a pretty great head of hair. 
Uh, I think, what is this, your wife? I think most would agree with that. No, <laughs> I think that's that's probably one of my listeners from Milwaukee. Okay. One of the one of the running I jokes the... was how great a head of hair I have. Uh, just Pantene, just Pantene and brushing <laughs> it 15, 50 strokes a day. Hold on, uh, when you wake up, and then wow. fifty strokes a day before you go to bed at night. No that, knots, no tangles. That is some nice shiny, smooth, curly, bouncy. What's wrong with my hair then? I don't know. Dad. I just have terrible hair. <laughs> I just bet it's you. It's just straight. I got colics really bad. But it's not. I mean, it's not good. No, no I'm not complaining because you have a I've full head of hair, right? And I'm almost fifty, exactly. so I'm not complaining. Yeah, I got the receding hairline a bit, but that's fine. But it's just bad. It's it's always been bad hair. Pantene, it's like fif- a mop. Fifty strokes with the brush in the morning, and fifty strokes before you get to bed at night, Judd, and that'll that'll do it. You know what's going to have to happen, Judd? You're Eventually, you're gonna you're gonna have to join the club that I joined. Many, many years ago, it's the come on home club where you just start shaving your hair. If you start losing it, just oh, shave your you head. Know, it's not, to start it's not that it. bad, though. It's going, it's, it's receding a little bit up here, but it's not that bad yet. Oh, yeah. but you're, I've you're, always, you're fine. You're not, you're a little ways away since from the day to do I was it, born. I've just had boring hair. I can't do anything with it. And like, if I grow now, the only time it was cool, late 80s. Really good hockey hair. Right. Really good mullet. Oh, yeah. I had a good oh, I can see it. I can see, I good, I can see it on I, you. At 19 or so, I had a good mullet But, going. Manny, not... Do you still have those pictures? Because we oh, of course I think I we do. need them. I got, in, in high school, full disclosure, I think sophomore year, insecure, right? Got a perm. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> There's got to be a picture. Oh, there that. are pictures, yeah. There's got to be a picture. We must 80, have the pictures 80, to these. Circa 84, and perms were big. I was about 14. Perm. I never I, had a I never I had a perm, but I had a mullet for a good chunk of my life. Now you look like a good mullet guy, like but the Jim McMahon mullet, as it, oh. so like spiky on top. You know the punky QB look, spiky on top, long in the back. But Manny, not everybody can pull off the shave head look. That's not something. No. That's very true. I could, so, that's very some true. people have weird Manny shaved heads, and I don't want to. I, I hate to get racial on my first extended time on <laughs> oh, the air. Oh, go right ahead. But You're going to black dudes pull that off much better than white dudes. I would the shaved look. head. Much better. I if I shaved my head tonight and and showed up at work tomorrow, I would look like a guy who was recently incarcerated and just got out. <laughs> We've got another hair related question. Okay, here. unlike your prior work, do you think you can attain the title of best hair at fifteen hundred? I think I already do. Don't he's I? got it already. Is there anybody here so. who has a better head of hair than this? Danny's bald. Manny's bald. Phil's bald. Yeah. I have bad hair. Uh, Harrison, you don't have great hair. Whoa. It's fine. No, it's fine, but it's not great. Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of boring. I mean, this like guy looks yeah, like he's got the good hair. I got the locks. Yeah. Locks are working. Yeah. You already win. <laughs> Thank All you. right. I'll the last it. one here. All right. Who would have the most success? McCarthy to the Vikings or Zimmer to the Packers? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I have to go with McCarthy just on just on track record and the fact that I think he could get a little bit more out of Kirk Cousins. It got sour at the end there with him and Aaron Rodgers, but Mike McCarthy is a really, really good offensive mind and really good at developing quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers didn't get here on his own. Aaron Rodgers had problems when he was coming out of Cal, and Mike McCarthy molded him into what he is today. So I'm going to say McCarthy would get a little bit more out of Cousins, and the defense is probably a little bit more push and play, yeah. and, and, and they're going to go and do their thing because the talent is on that side of the ball. You passed the test. Thank you, sir. Rami, great job. We wrap with Royce next. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout Woo! on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. 
All right, quick check on traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. It's brought to you by Duluth Trading Company. And uh, got a few crashes around the area, but one real serious one to tell you about right now. It's on uh, northbound 252 uh, near Fridley uh, between 73rd Avenue North and Brookdale Drive. Uh, the road is actually closed, and that is due to a uh, very serious crash. So uh, hopefully uh, hopefully everybody's okay up there. Judd? Thank you. Judd, Rami, Manny, and Jonathan. And now from the TCL Broadcast Studios, 1500 ESPN, it's time to wrap with Royce and Patrick. This is the last time that we will wrap with you. It's 1500 ESPN. As of tomorrow, score north on 1500. 12.01 a.m. or uh, 5.30? When, when's, it, when's the official turnover? I when, think, when does it take place? I think the official turnover is going to be right before Collar and Cronin start Purple Daily at noon. So I think... Noon, I, okay. Uh, yeah, I think okay. noon is the official... So we, we got go. like 18 hours to sell it. We got 18 hours. Uh, I wish I still drank. I could go out and have a couple of cocktails in <laughs> honor of 1500 Well, And you've been where now? You've, you've been at, at I AM? Was at uh, AM 1500, yep. oh, wait, KSDP AM originally, okay. and then uh, AM 1500, the talk station, and uh, I, can't, I think that's what we were before we became 1500, no, we were, I, I think we dropped the talk station before we became uh, 1500 ESPN, but I'm not sure what, what we were calling ourselves then. So, that sounds right. Okay. But, uh, you know, I don't know. And then, of course, I'm a regular on my talk, too. So I've been there, too. And that, that's your great stuff. I've, I've called it unchanged. there twice. Yes. So uh, that's that's good, too. So Gary Kubiak takes the job as long as we hire his kid. Is that <laughs> what this deal's about here? It's Norvin Scott. It, it's it, it's father-son again. But how, how would you like to be Stefanski? On that's, Friday, well, you're named apparently OC? those. Apparently, Stefanski and the Kubiak kid are like the best of buddies, and he lined he lined this thing up. So that's supposedly he's going to be the you know he's going to have grandfather Gary and uh, and uh, consult with him. I I don't know. We don't know if Kubiak's going to be a regular presence or a guy who drops in once in a while. But uh, this was. Apparently, to get the kids, the kid, the job as quarterback coach, huh? My, my first assumption upon hearing the news was that. Hey, hey, hey! Yes, who the hell are you? <laughs> who is this? That's Rami. Sorry, who is this? that's I Rami. I said Rami, that. you have been properly <laughs> yeah, introduced sh- to Patrick sh- James sh- Stephen Royce. I should have nice introduced you, myself. Nice to meet you, Rami. Nice. But you just don't go blurting in without introducing. Nice to meet you, sir, and, and a fan yes, of your sir. work lo- long before I ever got here. But oh, <laughs> hell, I don't blame you for that. <laughs> <laughs> But when I first heard the news about Kubiak, I went, well, the logic dictates that Stefanski had to be in on it. And then Judd explained to me Vikings logic and that maybe he wasn't in on it. And they just sort of snuck this in. How do you think this played out? The year was Denver wasn't going to let him go. Where do you want to go? And Denver wasn't going to let him go. Was it at an AFC? job maybe that they weren't going to He was going to go to Jacksonville next to talk to them about being their coordinator. Right and now. actually he had a meeting scheduled with the Packers as well. Oh, yeah. oh really? He yeah. pulled the chili. Well, mm-hmm. The Packers don't need him. They got Matt LaFleur, for God's sake, whoever the hell he is. <laughs> you know, I, I'd never heard him. Let's, let's go hire a I got Aaron Rodgers. Let's go hire a guy with one of the most boring offenses in the NFL, uh, Matt LaFleur. Let's, uh, that, that sounds fantastic. So uh, yeah, but hey, this this will work okay if uh, to have Kubiak come in a couple of days a week and 
consult on the game plan, and he's supposed to be a genius. I, I don't know. And he was supposed to go back to Denver, too, right? And then he yes, he's going to be the OC, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of embarrassing, though, if you've been the head coach to come back, right? Okay. Did we? Uh, did our boys get their offensive line coach yet or not? I don't think I haven't seen. That I don't piece think of so. News. Now, now, did, did they fire? Did they fire the guy who who was the O line no, coach? Though, or is he just still around? Him, they didn't fire him, but you got to know they're looking around, right? I would think so. Yeah, because it wasn't this guy oh. the assistant or something. Yeah, and it, in, in fact, didn't McGinn report last week that they had put into or we're going to talk to uh, Joe Philbin? Yeah, but I don't know what happened there. But if we get Philbin, they could have quite the old-timers uh, meeting there, meeting room, can't they? Oh, yeah. Maybe I can come in and consult with them. I would be about the right age. You know what this means, Pat? This means that Zim is officially out of the offense business again. Yep, I bet this time as he was told that not only can he have anything to do with it, he can't bitch about it <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when things aren't right. But, yeah, this is... Uh, this, you know, I gotta think they gotta come up with a few hundred thousand for Kubiak just to uh, just to consult, right? Oh yeah, at least yeah, yeah a couple of million or something to be a consultant yes. to get the kid. So they're trying to they're trying to give Zim every chance he can to uh, get himself out of the trouble he's in after this pathetic last season. So. Changing directions a little bit, Patrick. As as you as you noted, and, and rightly so, I'm I'm the new guy in town, and and you've been yeah. in this market as as long as anybody. Any advice for a a young or, or not so young man trying trying to make his way in the yeah. in the Minnesota land Don't sports landscape? Me of being in the business as long as anybody when we got a guy who's 98 years old still working. That's, uh, <laughs> that's your first mistake. Okay, okay. sorry. Yes, yeah, he's got me by 20 and a half years. 25 and a half years, uh, <laughs> although he still has a regular radio show, right. which, uh, which some of us don't have. So, anyway. Other than saying no, that, uh, any my advice? My advice is uh, you can, uh, it, it's probably best, uh, even though I have not followed that philosophy, it's probably best to take a kind, kindest possible view of the home teams. We, we like it when you pander about, uh, and uh, okay. when you hear... P.J. Fleck talking for the first time, mm-hmm. instead of laughing hysterically, just take it kind of seriously in the fans <laughs> like that, too. Right. Instead of saying, yeah, what is right. this babbling idiot talking about, you should say, you know, I, I think he makes sense. I think he's kind of a motivator. That'd be my other advice, too, because uh, he's, uh, you know, he's won over a select part of people for some reason. And here's my advice. Don't do what I've done for my whole career, okay? <laughs> you know, don't look for the contrary in view. Try to kind of try to be one of the guys. That would be my advice. All right. I can pander. That's something I can do, Judd. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think well, I'm going to be all right. Pander. Pander. No, you'll be now, popular you if you pander. pander. <laughs> you can never pander like some of the guys across the river there uh, at the FM stations. You can't win the pandering game completely, that's for sure. Just say go golfers enough and you'll be very popular. Go for should, I mime, like should I mime rowing the boat when P.J. Fleck talks? Oh, hell no. Row the boat. Row the boat. All right. you know, that's, good. Uh, I say row the dinghy, but uh, row the boat. Oh. That's good. By the way, yeah. Uh, when are we going to define for those of us who don't know what score means, or is it just a play on words, or does it mean something? We're going to define it tomorrow. S K O R. We're going to explain. S K O R. We're going to define it tomorrow when Phil is in studio. That's when we're going to define okay. it. Good. We're not and, allowed uh, to do it. I just work here, Roycey. You know that, okay? <laughs> okay. 
Bye. Right. I'll, I'll see you later. Goodbye. See you. Goodbye. That was Patrick. That was an honor and Who a pleasure. Who the hell are you? <laughs> I can't, Rami, you have been properly introduced to Patrick I was going to say, I can't, think, I can't think of a better way to be introduced no, to Patrick no, Royce. new guy. <laughs> new guy, shut up. Who are you? <laughs> Bye. We're back tomorrow. Score North.